0: The Jets are just minutes away from kicking off their road trip against the San Jose Sharks and Anaheim Ducks. Back to back nights, two games full of action and hopefully four points. We'll dive into what to expect on this California road trip on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the hockey jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening friends and welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, We just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel app and get started and have fun by making every moment more because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet or even if you lose, it's still guaranteed. That's $150 guaranteed win or lose with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, we've got a couple of things to talk about. Uh, before we talk about Winnipeg's road trip through California, I did want to spend some time a little bit uh, separately addressing something that's come up recently: the whole Stan or the whole Kaprizov and and Dylan cross-checking situation, then the Hartman and Perfetti stuff. All I can say about that is that it's ridiculous that it's blown up to this point. Uh, It's been dominating the headlines recently. It's been all over social media. And the fact that it's gotten blown out of proportion to this point is just crazy. Now, let's make no mistake. What Dylan did was absolutely a penalty. Um, I'm sure some folks have thought it was retaliation for some reverse hit. I really don't care. Cross checks in the back are unfortunately very common and you don't often see them called as often as they should be. If they were actually called you would see so many penalties in this league because guys take liberties cross-checking each other all the time, even in the soft, unpadded areas. It sucks that Kaprizov got hurt. Uh, I think his knee-buckled on the second cross-check, which Dylan didn't even use the full, full force of what you could expect from a really hard cross-check. It was still you know, noticeably forceful, but not at the level of like somebody really driving in or driving down on somebody's uh back or, or leg or something. So it was it was rough, make no mistake, but I think with Kaprizov there was a little bit of misfortune as he lost his balance on the second cross check and it looked like he kind of rolled over his knee or something. That really does suck. But, you know, over the past few days and weeks we've seen the media get really crazy about this. Um uh, past week or so it just blown up. We've seen Minnesota reporters uh really going at it. I mean, it's just the fact that it has been made out to be some sort of conspiracy to assassinate Kaprizov for me is nuts. Uh, the Stanley incident last year, where Stanley just sort of mistimed his, his uh, body check and ended up like falling on top of Kaprizov because Kaprizov was in kind of a weird spot and sort of turned inwards, that whole thing was not targeting, I can guarantee you. It it was nothing like the Dylan cross checks, uh, more incidental than anything. And Stanley is just very clumsy unfortunately when it comes to being 6'7 and using his body effectively and sort of just fell on top of Kaprizov that was not targeting the Dylan thing also not really targeting uh I mean Kaprizov even had a pretty rough cross check given back to Dylan. so like this is just stuff that unfortunately does happen in the corners I feel like though there was this thought that like the Jets were trying to victimize the wild and I really don't think that's the case Um, these teams are going to be playing very physical. They're going to play on the edge. And so all of this was just ridiculous. All I'm hoping for, though, is that, you know, over the next few weeks, the drama gets put aside because the Jets have a pretty big chance to come away with some points. They beat the Lightning earlier this week, and now they have a chance to beat the Sharks, who beat them earlier this season, and the Anaheim Ducks. Now, the Sharks in particular would be a nice victory because Winnipeg is their only win in, like, the last 10 games. That's a little depressing to hear. Um, also a little bit funny because like the Sharks are, are bad, but for some reason they just somehow got either amazing saves or some good fortune where the Jets just weren't able to punch in a number of goal-scoring opportunities. Winnipeg special teams were also really bad, so like the power play couldn't get it done. Thankfully, the game against the Ducks that I think was actually the weekend before that one, uh, the Jets came away with both points. So no problems there. I expect the same tomorrow. But for this game against the Sharks, Winnipeg just needs to be sharper. I think we are are prepared for what should be a a pretty good game. I mean, the Jets have been hot recently. This was their only regulation loss uh, coming against the Sharks in, what, 11 games? Something like that. Winnipeg has been on fire. They're collecting points almost every single outing, and almost all of them have been victories. You really can't complain about the Jets' form recently. There's only some stuff that hasn't been working well. And it sets up what should be uh, a next few weeks, I would say, of really good opportunities to uh, really pad Winnipeg's advantage in the Central. The Jets are not only going to be playing teams in the Central, but also many of the worst teams in the league, or at least teams that you know are technically pretty beatable. The Sharks, Ducks, uh, Blue Jackets, and Hawks all being in your next four out of your next five games. That gives the Jets a significant advantage. They'll have a game against Arizona after this uh, n- this coming Sunday. That one is actually not going to be easy at all. But generally speaking, a softer schedule, and then things start to get a little bit dicier as the Jets are going to be facing some of the better teams in the East, including the Islanders and Flyers, then the Bruins, and the Maple Leafs. So yeah, obviously, you know, this is a really critical stretch where Winnipeg, can come out ahead and kind of kick off 2024 with some really good vibes and results. Already, the Jets are halfway there. They are continuing to really uh, stamp their authority on the season and stamp their identity as a team to be genuinely feared. Winnipeg, you know, even with the incredibly lackluster special teams, is, you know, a top five team in the NHL. And that really is something to say about a squad that has fought so hard, has had a couple of really big injuries, and has generally done all of this really great stuff at even strength with minimal power play support and a very bad PK. So if like the special teams even comes close to being league average, this Jets team is very scary even as is the jets are still scary. They're capable of going toe to toe with any team in the league. And you know that now they have a couple of games where they're going to be playing teams well below them in the standings. Now is the time to put the pedal to the metal, keep up the pressure, keep up the good work and make sure that, you know, we don't repeat last year's January collapse where there were some changes and things. The vibes kind of went South really quickly and suddenly no one was happy, but I think we're going to avoid that this time. This team legit feels different. So, Let's keep up the positive work. Let's hope that things are good. Speaking of, uh, you know, some changes and stuff, there were some alterations to the top six that I think are worth pointing out before we get the Sharks game underway. And we'll talk about whether these moves make sense, whether it's not the right choice, or if maybe it's a good idea to experiment a little bit and see what the Jets can come up with as they try to figure out their best line combos. We'll dive into all of that in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. It's almost halfway uh, through the NHL season, and the Jets have really kicked it off in style. We just mentioned that, you know, Winnipeg was, you know, one of the top five teams in the NHL. They have, you know, done so much great work at even strength at 5v5. They've got amazing goaltending, strong team defensive structure. But there's some stuff that's still in question. Bad power play, bad PK. You know the drill. Regardless of where the Jets are in the standings, though, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, and especially hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. For those of you who track lots of stats for top players like McKinnon, Crosby, Shifley, Ehlers, uh, Vasilevsky, Kucherov, Uh, obviously Makar, you know, uh, or or, well, Hellebuck, really, you know, all of these guys have tons of stats categories, tracked with Sleeper, saves, assists, goals, you name it, they've got it. And if you beat Sleeper's projections, whether it's more or less uh, based on their projections, if you beat that and you get eight of those correct, you could win 100 times your bet with Sleeper. You heard me, 100 times your bet with eight correct stats categories. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions to apply, that's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everyday, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we dive into uh, some interesting adjustments from the Jets coaching staff as Winnipeg uh, is preparing to kick off a game against the San Jose Sharks, the team that beat them recently and is actually the only team over the past couple of weeks to defeat the Jets in regulation. Before we dive into these uh, lineup adjustments and what they might mean, I did want to let you know something really cool that the Lockdown Network is doing. They have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, Lockdown on Sports Today is here for you 27, 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts from across the network and our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, coming right on back to the Jets, <clears throat> obviously, you know, with the Jets having some first-line struggles recently it was only surface-level struggles, right? The Jets just weren't scoring with the Shifley line like they were um, in the earlier games. And, you know, you go two to three games without a point or two, suddenly Bones maybe panics a little bit and makes a, a quick late-game adjustment against against uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. In this case, it was the right choice because, like, that line for the first time in all of the games that they've been together actually got outchanced and outplayed. Rarely have we seen the Jets' top line go uh, below like 60% in expected goals percentage and really in scoring chance creation, the jets uh, that unit with Shifley, Ehlers and Velarde has generally just dominated opponents, even if not in a high volume sense and controlling zone play and creating good shot, all, you know, shot opportunities and stuff. And, you know, a lot of times the reason that they didn't score was just barely missing on a couple of good chances, maybe shanking something wide, firing it just over the bar or a great save. But, then we saw, of course, the Mesnikov swap with Shifley last game for a, a minute or two, and Ehlers suddenly scored off of it. So, uh, unfortunately, whether you, know, you, you agree with this or not, we're seeing Nemesnikov and Shifley flipped again with this game. Now, I will say, in some ways, I don't mind this as much, right? The Shifley line, whichever line that is, is still going to be the top line. But what we're seeing now is that Shifley is going to be with Perfetti and Ayafala, which, for me, is interesting insofar as I want to see Ayafalo, or uh, Shifley and Profetti together. Ayafalo, I'm curious to know how he does. He's been better with the Nemestikov line recently. I feel like, you know, we're seeing more of that pesky nature of his his creativeness down low and I felt like he was working better with his teammates. The first I would say 15 to 20 games with him were a little bit uneven. You saw moments where he could definitely finish great opportunities and he's got plenty of skill. It just wasn't enough to where he was necessarily doing it in a top six role. But recently, it's been better. Curious to know how he does alongside Shifley and Perfetti, because Cole and Mark working together should be pretty good. Perfetti has been really, really dominant recently. That line has been crazy, whichever line he's been on. I think his uh, natural chemistry with, with Nemesnikov was great to see. And now we're seeing two of our most offensively gifted players together. The only problem that I would say I see off the bat with this trio is that you need somebody who's like a really good transition expert. And I don't know that follow is necessarily the guy that I would look to, to do that. Ehlers is kind of the guy who tends to be responsible for a lot of that. So I'm curious to know if one of Shifley or Perfetti really starts to take over those duties. You know, There's not a lot of foot speed on this line, so it might have to come down to follow Don't know if that's the way I would do it, but We'll see how it goes against the Sharks. At least it's going to be an easier team to test it against. So maybe they, sh- you know, show me up and prove me wrong. But I do think against more top teams and faster lines, it could be a bit of a concern. The second line, of course, like I said, it's Ehlers, um, Shifley, or not, sorry, not, Ehler, not Ehlers, not Ealers and Shifley. It's going to be Ehlers, Nemesnikov, and uh, of course, Velardi, which is an interesting trio. Um, the thing with Nemesnikov, that I do wonder about is like, he's been really good recently and he's been a great second line center. I just feel like, you know, asking him to, um, I, I wouldn't say replace Shifley in the sense, but have to really play a very similar role of being a super creative force down the middle. I don't know if that necessarily suits his game. I think, you know, in terms of a guy who's, really confident at being an elite four checker and grinding down low creating opportunities out of chaotic moments and sort of attacking the slot area more with physicality and strength with some flashes of skill i feel like that's more of his game he's kind of like a swiss army knife though in that you can ask him to do a lot of things and so far he's really answered the bell so maybe this trio really works uh, obviously Ehlers is going to be the guy who's going to be the puck carrier a lot. And Velardi is probably going to be more of the net front presence. I do wonder if like how Nemesnikov plays maybe interferes a little bit with what uh, Velarde wants to do. Cause like Velarde will attack the same spaces and is not afraid to go in the corners and really fight along the wall. Maybe it actually opens up more chances for uh, Nemesnikov in front of the net. I don't know. I'm interested to see what this trio does. Like I said, it's maybe not the most ideal arrangement, but I, I don't mind at times if the Jets experiment and see if they can find other combos. Again, like I said, it is kind of a gut reaction, like a knee-jerk kind of reaction to the last game. But the more combinations that the Jets figure out that work, the more they can also experiment with changes later down the rank or down the down the road once we start getting more and more guys back healthy, and also maybe make a trade acquisition or two. So experimenting, especially now. It's not the worst. Is it like the kind of experiment that I would do? I don't know. I'm not sure if I would necessarily swap Shifley and the Mesnikov, given how good the first line was and generally has been, even during their scoreless streaks. But it is what it is. We'll see how they do against the Sharks and if they keep it for the Ducks game. Crossing uh, fingers that Perfetti gets lots of ice time. If that is kind of what comes out of it, I suppose I really can't complain because for me, that is one of the most important things is feed Cole Perfetti. Now, I just mentioned and alluded to the fact that guys are getting healthier. We'll talk about who should be uh, nearing an imminent return to the lineup in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 moneyline bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. For those of you who are Vikes fans, obviously that's a little bit of a relief because like having a win or lose uh you know guaranteed money back bet. 150 bucks back win or lose that is a huge deal because like the vikings are maybe not the most reliable team right now as a ravens fan i don't have much to worry about but i know know a lot of you minnesota sports fans are probably a little bit concerned but like i said win or lose 150 bucks and all you have to do is place a five dollar bet and you can do tons of crazy fun things the app is super easy to use and allows you to bet in ways like Uh, live same-game parlays, uh, bets under their new Explorer tab, there are parlays in the parlay hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays, and so much more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a chip shot field goal. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thank you for rejoining us in tonight's episode. As we wrap up with a couple of quick thoughts, uh, some guys who are starting to come back and actually wear non-injury non, uh, non um, injury shirts, right? Like the the contact, full contact gear. That's the sort of stuff that we want to see with our guys, especially as they are getting healthier and healthier. And on that front, good news. Heinela and Kupari both have shed the no-contact jerseys. We want to see that. I'm curious to know exactly when they're going to be reintroduced to the lineup. With Kupari, he's got legitimate competition. I can't believe I'm saying this, and I can't believe this is happening, but Toninato and Axel Yattsin-Fialbi have been so good that you almost can't bench them. Uh, They've been chipping in offensively. They've been really effective in their fourth-line role, and alongside Baron, that trio has been a menace. So I really have a hard time wanting to break them up. I know I don't really say this a lot about riding the hot hand, but these guys have worked so well together and have just generally played really well in the minutes that they've been given, that I see no reason to break that up. The third line perhaps would be one where you could potentially talk about a change. Although, I mean, Nita Ryder, Lowry, and Appleton in the past have worked really well together. Their last game against the Lightning, I thought was one of their stronger outings in recent memory. They've had a couple of games like that recently where they've been um, a lot better than like that stretch towards the middle where things were looking a little rough after a hot start. With Kupari, though, I just don't know if he really supplants anyone in this lineup right now. I I feel like I've had a harder time with that because so far, most everyone's contributed pretty nicely. I mean, I really have no complaints. And with the amount of forward depth the Jets have and the likelihood that a couple of these guys, based on how they're doing right now, would probably get claimed by other teams, for once, you actually don't want to lose these guys on waivers. You know, this is not like just dumping a player who's maybe not expected to contribute more than like two points in 30 games. You're talking about Tananata, who's already had four points in four games, and all of them were pretty hard-earned and well actually awarded, right? It wasn't like he just randomly chipped in some deflection or something that went off his butt cheek. He actually created a lot of those offensive opportunities. Jansen Fialbi using his great speed uh, to actual productive results, right? Beating out icings, attacking the slot, doing all of the stuff that you would want him to. So, I mean, who else do you really want to replace? There's just not many guys in the lineup that I would have an argument for. And that's why I think Kupari could potentially sit on the bench for a little bit. I don't think he will. I think one of the guys in the fourth line is going to come out for him. But I just don't think that's really the right choice. I think if this is a real meritocracy, based on Kupari's last performances and what we're seeing with the current guys, got to be honest, I don't think uh, I would necessarily put him in yet. But he's also missed a lot of time. I'm sure they're going to want to get him back up to game speed. So I'll let the coaching staff make make the decision. Now, the other choice to make is Heinola, right? Who comes out for Vili? And this is a pretty tough question. For one thing, just forget whatever you think about Pionk. He's not coming out. Uh, Nate, you know, for all of his, um, all of his, um, uh, Neil, not Nate, gosh, Neil, for all of his faults, you know, he can be a little bit chaotic in the defensive zone and you know, he's had a little bit of an up and down season, relatively speaking. Neil is still somebody that they consider a leader on the ice, a leader in the room, and they love him, right? They're not going to bench him. So forget that. It is what it is. Uh, He and Dylan have been okay enough together to where I can, you know, not really complain too much. Morrissey, DeMello, you ain't touching that pairing. So that's a clear no. And Sandberg and, and Schmidt have actually been really good recently. But, but, And I hate to say this, but I think with Schmidt's mobility and offensive acumen kind of waning a bit, this is where I think Heinle legit has a chance to make like a quality impact, especially with what we saw in preseason. He was really assertive. He was really good. He was creating chances and he was doing a lot of the transition and puck control stuff that we've been asking for in this Jets defense for a long time. His puck moving ability is probably second to only Morrissey on this back end, right? No one else really has the control, the passing, the vision and the skating to go with it that Heinle does. Morrissey's the only other guy with that sort of skill set, which actually is kind of a little bit of an indictment of this Jets defense. And it's funny because defensively, this this like six uh, this six sextuplet, I guess you could call it, has been shut down. Right, you really don't get a lot against this blue line, and it's part of the bigger team defensive structure that Bonus has got rock drilled into this team. But it does lack elite offensive upside from the back end, which could really help the Jets even on the stuff like the power plays. So for Heinola, I think I I would take a look at Schmidt. I hate you know, thinking about it that way. Cause like Nate's actually been pretty good recently, but I think it's one of those things where it could be better, right? It's doing fine now, but it could be better. And Heinle brings a couple of other dimensions and traits that we just don't have with this jets blue line right now. So a lot of really tough decisions, I would not want to be on the coaching staff right now, but this is a good problem to have. Difficult choices, difficult decisions. You want this. You don't want to have to have scenarios where you're just shoving guys in because no one else is healthy. This team has legit depth. They've got guys who are really fighting for roster spots. That is what I want to see because it leads to better results and better teams. Let me know who you would perhaps take out, or if you take out anyone. Drop your thoughts in the comments below or at my social medias, at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. See us tomorrow for a recap of the uh, game against the Sharks about to get underway. Let's hope for a bit of a revenge game against the Sharks from the Jets. As always, have a great night, and go Jets go.